Hello and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020 and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. I'm Lara Lightbody, the producer of this show. Apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of Shelter at Home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in, and at the same time preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones or that speaker, grab a cup of tea or a glass of the good stuff and take a seat. This is Coexisting. Hello, I'm Alicia. I live in Lincoln, Rhode Island, which is on the East Coast of the U.S. I work as a teacher full-time, and I have two young children at home. I am sheltering at home with my husband, my two boys who are now three and four, and our dog. I teach in a public school in a middle school. I teach full-time with a pretty typical schedule with a very early morning start, dropping the kids off at daycare, and we're home by late afternoon, early evening. Our governor declared that our spring vacation would happen in March on the same day that she let us know we would be sheltering in place. So we found out schools were closing on a Friday, about an hour and a half before the school day ended. We had that next week of basically no work. So we used that week to scramble to plan, to offer professional development, and get families internet that didn't already have it. We were lucky in that the learning curve for teachers was less than it was in many other places, but it was still very hard for kids, for families, and definitely for the teachers. The first order of business for the school department was to make sure every student could access what we were providing in terms of an online education. We had a good number of families. It wasn't, there were a lot of school districts that had a really high percentage of families without internet access. We did not, but all of the families that didn't have it got it. I teach mostly 11-year-olds. They're better at accessing things online than a lot of their parents. So that was a beautiful thing. I can't imagine what teachers of very young children were up against, but certainly the being at home and the just having a screen and not a real teacher and not kids to interact with, it was really hard for the kids. 103 days ago, we began sheltering in place, and that order lasted for 55 days. Since then, we've engaged in some gradual reopening here, but schools have not opened again. So summer vacation began for my students and we closed out the school year saying goodbye online. For these particular kids, it's their first year in middle school. 
So there's not a whole lot of pomp and circumstance around the end of the year for them. But it was certainly strange. You know, typically the end of the year is filled with things like field trips and a field day and celebrations and teachers got really creative for sure. But it was different. It wasn't as exciting. I was surprised that it was as exciting as it was, you know, for our last virtual meetings of the year. We had a really high number of kids show up and participate, which was great. Families and kids reached out and let us know that even though it was really hard, they appreciated what we had put in and that it was better because we were still teaching. So that was good to hear. In the very beginning of the lockdown, it was very strange. So parking lots were empty. There were very few cars on the road, but... The strangest part, really, for me was that people were walking and running and biking all the time. I've never seen so many people in my neighborhood. In fact, right before I came down to hop on this call with you, I was letting my dog out. And these four people who I have never seen before all of this began were walking by my house and stopped to wave and ask about the dog. And, you know, they walked by together, the four of them several times every day. So it's really been an opportunity to get to know people. It's a different kind of community building than I've seen before. It was very eerie in the beginning. I left very rarely. I basically just kind of left to escape at the end of the long day to pick up, take out food or just to ride around the block, have a good cry after a day of like really crazy multitasking. My husband would often, like when I was getting close to bedtime, suggest I run some weird errand that we didn't really have because he knew that I was just really overloaded. What I saw was that shopping centers that typically were bustling would be all dark except for like a pharmacy. We have attended a couple of doctor's appointments, one of my kids and I, and even going to the doctor's office is very different There are no more waiting rooms pretty much anywhere. So you have to wait in your car and they'll call you and and let you know when you can come in and they'll walk you right in and directly to the room where you'll be seen by the provider. It's wild. We knew three families that were affected and we, you know, no one else that we know has been sick. We were locked down very quickly. And I think with a lot of care and caution, It was just all of a sudden, everything was closed. There is an executive order for people in public spaces to have face coverings. I think it's probably pretty good. It's definitely good in stores, for sure, because I do run to the grocery store from time to time, and people are all wearing masks. It starts to get a little muddy when it's like restaurants. It's early afternoon here, and it is summer. It's beautiful out today. Yesterday was stormy. Today is gorgeous. Now that school is out for me, things are much more relaxed. The kids and I have been moving between this space where they have their train table and their tool bench set up and our screened in porch. This week has been particularly exciting for them because we're having some work done on the back of our house. So I'm hearing a lot of banging, which has been tricky during nap time. But the work that they're doing has rendered our backyard off limits, which is where we've been spending an awful lot of time. But the work is entertainment. So 
The boys have been running around in their hard hats. We have some shaving cream and water tubs set up on the screened in porch. The poor guys working on the house have no idea they're actually like entertainers right now. It is so much easier than before school got out. It is such a breath of fresh air. I can give them the attention that they deserved the whole time. Oh my goodness, it was so hard. It's hard normally, like just being home with kids is hard. I turned the whole main floor of our house into a preschool and I survived from one live lesson or meeting to the next, like holding my breath, muting my mic while I settled sibling disputes and bringing kids back and forth to the bathroom and getting one more snack. And I was making snacks like plates of snacks, like bigger and bigger, depending on the meeting I was going into and hoping and crossing my fingers that like those really crunchy apples would keep them crunching for a while. And they wouldn't walk over and ask me for something else because they're just so young that like, wait, it's just not a possibility. So my brain was just so tired. It was so taxing to listen because, you know, I'm trying to engage in the meeting I'm in and it's not just about sitting there. I'm like in a meeting to do something, but I'm also listening for what the kids are doing. Is it a fight I need to step into that they're having or are they being too quiet upstairs? Like, Is that a problem that I haven't heard them in a couple of minutes? And I heard a drawer opening in the kitchen and like, which drawer is it? You know, and I have all of those questions in my mind while I'm pretending to give 100% to the screen in front of me. I've never felt my brain work so hard. There were days that I had four special ed meetings in a row and they were live with administrators and parents and other teachers. And I knew that it wasn't reasonable to expect my kids to keep themselves safe or to entertain themselves for that long of a stretch. And I know that about kids and their development. So I had that weight of guilt. I would rotate toys like in the middle of the night and I would plan activities so that they would be excited or like engaged in something at a different point in the day or that they might take comfort in the predictability of the routine. My oldest used to come down in the morning and say, what centers do we have today? And I was like, oh good, he knows there's something to do. Like maybe he'll do it instead of just tearing it apart. It has been impossible, but I have always wanted to be home with my kids. And now I have been. And there have been some really, really tough moments. Not tough days so much because with toddlers, everyone gets a clean slate every minute. And that has kind of been the beauty of it. I messed up a lot and they still wanted me and loved me and needed me five minutes later. I was there when one of my kids wrote the first letter of his first name for the first time. You know, it was something that I wanted to help him do for so long. I feel like as a mom, like I get to start things with the kids a lot, but we don't get to follow through with it. In our regular life, my husband and I are dressing half-awake kids and rushing them into my car by 6.30 to make it to daycare on time so I can go to the other daycare on time so that I can get to work by 7.15. And like my kids actually put their own clothes on in the morning and they could breathe. When you're a working parent, you're with your kids for the toughest part of the day, that late afternoon to bedtime sprint. And I think as a working mom, I'm always like waiting for the day to be over And I've missed a lot of the good stuff over the past two years that I've been back at work. So 
in these really strange and difficult and tiring and stressful few months, I tried really hard to find the joy in every single day and to be present for it. I could see it coming. I knew it was a huge opportunity. I'd do it again. I'd still take it over not getting the chance. I think the best advice I've been given is to give yourself some grace because I really wanted to do everything and do it all perfectly. And that was definitely not happening. But I gave myself a break and I think we just have to be kind to ourselves and everyone else because everybody is just making this up for the first time. So like no judgment is necessary about what anyone is doing. We just have to do the best we can and try really hard to find some joy because it's there. It's just what you're looking for. If someone is feeling low today, I think I would tell them, it's okay. There's a new day tomorrow. We've had a whole lot of these days back to back to back. And each one is brand new. So tomorrow can be better. Thank you for listening to Coexisting. It's Lara Lightbody, the producer of the show. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, here is where I need your help. Hit the subscribe button so Coexisting comes up automatically in your feed. Secondly, write a review and rate with stars, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. And if there's anyone out there that you think would make a great guest, just get in touch. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn as Coexisting Podcast. That way, that many more people will find us.